Why Easter Matters, a message of hope and blessing from Bishop Julius C. Trimble on episode number 11 of the To Be Encouraged podcast with Bishop Julius C. Trimble. This Sunday, this coming, this Easter Sunday or this year, I think people will be hearing the message all across the globe in a, in a, in a fresh way, in a fresh way. You are welcome to be encouraged with Bishop Julius C. Trimble. Bishop Trimble is on a mission to encourage you with the love of Jesus Christ so you can rise to your highest potential. On To Be Encouraged, Bishop Trimble speaks to a discouraged world with a good word on the pandemic, racism, the environment, human sexuality, and the state of the church with a focus on centering your life on the love of Jesus Christ. Has there ever been a more needed time for an encouraging word to our world? This is your time to rise to your greatest potential and to be encouraged with Bishop Julius C. Tremble. Bishop, welcome to Be Encouraged. Blessing to you, Brad, and to our listeners today. We're only a few days away from the holy day of Easter. Blessings to all who will be gathering for worship. And some who may not gather for worship, but may, may certainly want to know why Easter even matters and, and, and this is a day of hope and blessing in this uh, these turbulent times. It certainly is. And we are in the middle, as we record this, we're in the middle of Holy, holy Week. And we're preparing for Easter. And I know that you had some particular things that you just really were on your heart that you wanted to share uh, with our with our listeners about uh, Easter and resurrection. Yeah, I wrote a poem, Brett, several years ago when I was living in Iowa, entitled, We Are Easter People, Water Washed and Spirit Born, Fragile and Favored All Together, Creatures Not Creator, Clay Vessels Full of Hope. We are Easter people. We know the story and still weep. We have hear the questions and pause in prayer. Must Jesus bear the cross alone? From Calvary to Cedar Rapids, from uh, Fort Wayne to Gary, Indiana, from Clarion to Council Bluffs, from Evansville to everywhere. We are Easter people, reminding the world of morning joy, stones that have been rolled away. Death that no longer has the final word. We are Easter people. Flowers in bloom, choirs poised for praise. He lives and redemption takes hold. We are Easter people. Bystanders no longer. The world awaits our claim. We serve a risen Savior. He is in the world today as are we. We are Easter people. Fear must take a back seat, and rejoicing is the order of the day. Reclaim your rightful place. Live as the people you are. Easter people. Amen. Amen. That is awesome. Title of that, I assume, is We Are Easter People. Is that your title? Absolutely. We Are Easter Uh, People. That is uh, awesome. I don't know if you've 
published or attempted to publish that before, but that is a great uh, a great poem there and certainly applicable. And so let's just talk about this phrase that you've shared there, there, especially in coordination with your theme and your mission of being encouraged. You say, we are Easter people, and you mentioned about, you know, going geographically and, you know, across the boundaries that people have. What do you think is what it means to be Easter people right now in the circumstances we find our world in right now? And I'm kind of thinking also about how, you know, we've had a couple of years without Easter in some regards, or without, without many Easter services, let's say. What's the context, you think, of uh, that phrase, we are Easter people, given the context of the world with the war going on and racism and all kinds of issues going on right now? That's a, that's a great question. And I think uh, philosophers, theologians will wrestle with that question uh, not only this year, but for years to come. One of the things that it seems like we're in a world awash with violence, Brad. Yes. Uh, just, just listening today on my way to work uh, about a shooting in the subway in, in New York City. Uh, you know, the ongoing uh, assault on Ukraine, innocent people paying a high price, children in particular, paying a high price for violence. So what does it mean to be Easter people? What does it mean to celebrate Easter uh, in a world like this? I think for, for, for those of us who are prisoners of hope, uh, to borrow words from the late Archbishop Desmond Tutu, we recognize that violence and death does not have the last word. You know, we say in the Christian church, those of us who are preachers, we preach Christ crucified, but we preach Christ crucified, dead and buried, uh, who rose on the third day on Easter. So, so resurrection and Easter is a reminder that death and violence never has the last word. Jesus died a violent uh, death. Crucifixion was was the vilest, most cruel form of, of death. It was meant to humiliate and to send a message to those who would who would behold it that that yes, death does have the final word. But Easter reminds us that death does not have the final word, and violence does not have the final word in our society even today. And yet. Death and violence does have a word. It does have oh, a yes. word. Oh, yes. And, and uh, I, I guess what I'm getting with you or want to reflect with you about here a little bit is how we seem like we've been in a particular season of this for at least a couple of years of kind of doom and gloom and some depressing facts going on. And I remember uh, you might remember a book by Tony, Tony Capallo some time ago called It's Friday, but Sunday's coming. Yes. And, uh, you know, but uh, so but we do have to and not be in denial and, and not try to uh, wash, you know, try to overlook the power of the death, the you know, of, of the Good Friday uh, as well. And so how can we as Christians who believe ultimately in that hope that you prisoners of hope, as you say, also speak into the injustices, speak into the circumstances where death has had a major say in our world and places like Ukraine and our country and crime and so on. Uh, how do we deal That's, with this death thing? I think one of the things is not to sugarcoat our sorrow and our sadness. We don't need to come up with, with words to, to make palatable that which is painful, uh, to make acceptable that which is un, unacceptable. So I think it's, the, it's you know, you, you can't get to Easter without Friday. 
That's right. And you can't you can't get to resurrection without death. So we need to we need to uh, do something that uh, several people helped helped me last year do, and that is to make sure we carve out time for for remembering that the Bible also contains uh, passages of lament. Yes. You know, of, of living, of not just rushing, uh, as my wife would say, rushing to the kumbaya moments of life. <laughs> but but to, but to say, you know, we need to recognize that, that, that everything's not OK. And uh, sometimes we're not all OK. And we re- the world is not OK. And therefore, that all the more reason for a witnessing church that not only speaks to the love and mercy of God, but to the justice that we that we we all need to invest in as uh, representatives of of God. If we are to be instruments of God's grace, then we cannot sugarcoat the sorrow and pain and the tragedy and horrific things that are happening around us. Which shows that we care. It, it shows an emotional investment when you feel the pain. When you have a funeral, for instance, and I've preached many funerals. I know that you have as well. The funerals that seem to have the most uh, power are those ones where there's a fair sharing of tears and lament and grief and some laughter and some joy and some remembrance. Why? Because people care. They care Mm. deeply. And I think people have been in mourning a little bit for the church and for the world because they see what is happening. They care uh, deeply about our families, our friends, our churches, about folks in Ukraine, folks around the world who are, are suffering. And we need to speak to that grief. And uh, th- let's just talk about grief for a minute. How do you think we are experiencing that in this uh, season? And and uh, what can, what's the appropriate ways for us to grieve through what we've been going through in order to appropriately appreciate Easter? Well, when I think of grief, I think of loss. Grief is, is, is closely associated with loss. And to pretend that we haven't lost things, even these two years in pandemic, to pretend that we're just watching something uh, play out before us from a distance, as for example, in Ukraine, it's, it's not real helpful. I think we really have to pay say, you know, when people are dying, this is not a video game. This is real life. This is uh, real life. And every time a soldier dies, their their family, there's a mother who's weeping, there's a father who's weeping, there are siblings who are weeping. So I think if we recognize how do we deal, how do we best deal with loss? I think for me, sometimes it's getting, it's being able to not go through that alone. The the, uh, the I think someone once asked uh, Mother Teresa, what was the what was the greatest greatest tragedy in life? Was it being poor? people suffering poverty. And, I, and one of her responses was, no, it's for people suffering who have to suffer alone. That's the one of the greatest tragedies of life. And I think uh, that grief is, as we know this as pastors and clergy and, and as, as, as human beings, because all of us have lost someone, lost someone we love or, or lost dear friends. I think of some of even my college, college friends now who are no longer living, some who died relatively young age in their 50s. Grief is, is deeply associated with loss. And it also is a recognition that that there, there are ways in which our body actually physically and emotionally responds to that. So some people want to try to make, make, uh, make light of the fact that Jesus wept. But I thank God that that's in the Bible, that Jesus Jesus wept, because we all, we all have to weep sometimes. As one, as one Baptist preacher said years ago, uh, we, we can weep in a silk handkerchief or a paper towel, 
but we all have we're all going to have to weep 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 at some time. And part of what I'm getting at you about you know, about grief and things like this is that Passion Week, which we're in right now, is mm-hmm. has the gamut of emotions, doesn't it? It's, you know, it's not just Good Friday. You know, you also have got uh, Holy Thursday, the Last Supper. You've got the uh, betrayal of Judas. You've got the denial of Peter. You've got Mary Magdalene and Mary the Mother. You've got all these characters who are involved with all this passionate, deep thing going on. And that's our human experience, too, isn't it? we got to go through all of this. And I'm just kind of wondering what what aspects of the passion story, what maybe what characters in the story resonate with you this, this Easter? Well, isn't it? It's interesting because we, we, we begin kind of like with a dual message because we begin with Jesus's triumphal entry into Jerusalem. So you've got you've got this passion and passion and parade. People often uh, uh, want to hang on to the parade and forget the, the pain that follows the parade. Uh, so but but I, you, you just you just given a quick, quick synopsis of the week. And I think sometimes in our Lenten journey, we want to rush to the uh, celebration of singing uh, Christ our Lord is risen today uh, and and not recognize that there is a, a journey of suffering. There is a sense of there is a sense of faithfulness in Passion Week. And I think that's why uh, there is this attention to prayer and fasting and why we often give something up or take something on, because the we are to direct our attention to what does it mean for us to be faithful followers of Christ? What does it mean for us to pay attention to the journey uh, of Passion Week, to the suffering of Passion Week, and to those who suffer along the way, those who, who, who don't make the headlines, who are, who are suffering even, even as we're speaking right now. And I want to say a word to someone uh, right now who may be listening to the podcast or may pass this podcast on that just because you don't see someone doesn't mean that someone does not see you or is not always praying for you. It's amazing how later I often find out that people have been praying for me that I was totally unaware of it. And part of this podcast, Brad, you and I know this, part of this podcast is for people to know that it exists for people that that we may never see in any churches. Uh, It exists for people that may need to know that this, that this stuff we're talking about, this this church Christian stuff we're talking about, really matters because everybody matters to God. Yes. Well, that and it, of course, a podcast can go into the ears of people anywhere in the world. And one of the cool things that's going to be happening this Easter is we're going to have many churches and many groups are going to be regathering together. In fact, I can't help but think about how it was just about almost exactly two years ago, Bishop, that you and I first got together in March of 2020 in the midst of the initial surge of the pandemic. And you cared enough about getting the message out and connecting because we were so disconnected that we reached out in this way. So we've had the Easter of 2020, Easter of 2021, when many, many churches were not meeting. And we come, many churches are coming back together now. And as you mentioned a minute, a minute ago, about how we share this experience uh, kind of corporately and together. What do you think is the meaningfulness of having, uh, you know, two years ago you said it was an Easter like none other. None other. Now we're regathering for another Easter like none, none other. What's your feeling about getting back together and reconnecting one to another this Easter? Well, I can hardly stand it. I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. I'm, so, I'm so excited. Uh, we're going to be worshiping some of our family members out of town, but we're going to be j- worshiping at a historic uh, United Methodist Church in Washington, D.C. 
but but uh, I'm looking forward to it. I preached the last two Easter's, recorded a Easter message. It's interesting. The first two years ago, I preached it thinking thinking it would only be one year, Brad. So I kind of the message talked about we can hey we can make it. Easter is a reminder that Christ lives. Uh, and you know, next year, you know, we, we look forward to being being in person. Of course, the next year we were still yes. we were still not. So I'm looking forward. I think lots of people will be joining family members, and some will be visiting churches this Easter to hear a word of hope, a word of sustenance. Uh, what I call uh, a, a reminder when Jesus says that He is the Good Shepherd, but He is also the Living Bread. The bread of life. When Jesus says He is the bread of life, so I I, I look forward to seeing people on this Easter Sunday, uh, hearing the organ play and piano and praise music. Uh, and this Sunday, this coming this Easter Sunday or this year, uh, I think people will be hearing the message all across the globe uh, in a in a in a fresh way. Yes. A fresh way. I, I, I really um, resonate with it. I agree with you so mm-hmm. much on that. And I just think when people sing, you know, Christ Lord is risen today or he arose or whatever resurrection songs we sing in many of our congregations, some more contemporary tunes, when you hear those voices come together, it's just going to feel amazing. amazing. Amen. Amen. Absolutely. And it's going to be a God moment, and we need more God moments. We always need God moments individually and even through connections, through like podcasting and YouTube and so on. We need that. We need both and, I believe, you know, to, to do that. So but what encouragement would you give to that person who has felt oppressed or down and out about whatever situation they've had ahead in life? And what kind of invitation would you give to them, Bishop, about either connecting uh through a local uh, congregation or in some way getting reconnected to the Easter message this Easter, especially if they've been far from God. I think some people are looking for something greater, greater than what they've already experienced, greater than the hurt and the pain that they have experienced maybe recently or in the past. I think people are looking for a way. How do I experience healing beyond the loss of a loved one or, or because of some tragedy or some horrific incident? I'm reading from a church, a newsletter from one of our churches that talk, that's entitled Deep Roots, Wide Branches. And it's a little bit of the message that comes through in the gospel, the gospel lessons in Matthew. When they, uh, Why do you look for the living among the dead? This is the question the angel asked the female disciples on the morning of Jesus' resurrection. Why do you look for the living among the dead? It's a question, Brad, that is still echoing throughout the world today. Uh, we are looking for the living among the dead. As they looked for the body of Jesus, they expected to find a corpse. What they actually encountered was something greater, something greater. And we know the Bible is full of stories where humanity expected one thing and God surprised our expectations. I give thanks that God is still surprising us and surprising our expectation. Sometimes people are expecting to be rejected only to find that they are accepted. People are expecting to be turned away only to find a welcome from an unusual place. Something greater, I believe, is coming. This is the true day of uh, resurrection and Easter. But Jesus said it best when he told his disciples, with God, all things are possible, Matthew 19. So as we celebrate Easter, I, I, I would just send a word out to all who would hear that all things are God, with God, all things are possible. So it's you can't, you can't live. I, I read a quote that was just posted 
my family members who said, you can't live a positive life with negative thoughts. Uh, I may be getting that a little bit. You can't live a positive life with make negative thoughts. And so part of today, like today, I woke up with, with a grateful heart. And I, I've been told that there may be a storm passing through this way uh, later today, Brad. But I still have a grateful heart. Uh, I have a grateful heart whether it's sun right now. The sun is not shining outside my window. But I still have a grateful heart. So I would ask people to just think that there is something greater greater that we might experience this Easter season. And I call it an Easter season because you may be hearing this podcast past Easter and wondering, well, we're talking about something past. I call it an Easter season, a time in which we, uh, as, as, as Christian preachers say, you know, we preach Christ crucified, dead and buried, the third day he rose from the dead. And we, in our affirmation, we say, ascend it to, the he ascend it to heaven and sit it at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. When she comes to quit the judge the living and the dead, but he intercedes on our behalf. So the one who defeated death through God intercedes on our behalf. And so love can love cannot, as the Bible says, nothing can separate us from the love of God. And people need to know that. Whether you're a church member or not, nothing can separate you from the love of God. And with God, all things are possible. With God, all things are possible. What a great message to leave us with. And I just want to emphasize what you said here today, that we are the Easter people. It's not just about Easter Sunday. That's a great day, but it's about living as the people of God every day, right? Every day, every day, every day, every day. So any final words for us? And if you can lift up a prayer for us to give a prayer of blessing and encouragement to our listeners uh, today. Bystanders no longer. None of us. We're not bystanders. The world awaits our claim. We serve a risen Savior. He's in the world today, but so are we, friends. We are in the world today. Lord God, we just ask blessing upon every man, boy, woman, and child who hears this podcast. Oh, we pray, oh God, for preachers and priests and for people who will be lifting up the message of hope and resurrection on Easter Sunday, but for every Sunday that follows. People who Worship on Saturdays and other days, oh God, we ask that you would bless them to be a blessing. Oh God, in a world that is, seems awash in, in violence, grant us the wherewithal to become truly peacemakers who spread the love of Jesus Christ. Oh God, we know that there's somebody today that's waiting for a message from above to tell them that they are forgiven. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Not only that, you are loved. Because God loves us and there's nothing we can do about it. God bless you. Be encouraged. Consider yourself encouraged and appreciated for listening to Be Encouraged with Bishop Julius C. Trimble. Now, please share the blessing and encourage others in your life to listen to Be Encouraged. You can do just that by pointing your people to the website tobeencouraged.com. That's T-O-B-E-E-N-C-O-U-R-A-G-E-D.com. Or connect through Apple Podcast, where you can follow, rate, and review To Be Encouraged with Bishop Julius C. Trimple. When you do that, you're doing your part to bring a good word 
to a discouraged world. Remember to listen next week to be encouraged with Bishop Julius C. Tribble and never forget, God loves you and there's nothing you can do about it.